0: Good morning. Good to have you in the Lord's house today. Brother John, would you go right out in the foyer and explain our situation this morning? Uh, Thank you for coming and logging on for our service this morning, and I pray that you would uh, accept our apology for having to go live stream this morning instead of regular services uh, as I have mentioned each time, Sandra Joe and I, our little grandboys came and stayed with us. And when they went home, they were, had a little runny nose, sniffly. Their mother had them tested. Bam, they popped up positive COVID, which meant that we were totally exposed to COVID. And also, the little boys had come to the, around the staff, so they were exposed as well. So, out of uh, a real step of caution, and respect for the congregation. We decided to just go live stream last night and this morning, wish it hadn't had to be that way. But at the same time, I'm fully accepting that the Lord is in control. He knows not in my wildest imagination what I thought those little twins would have brought COVID into our circle. And it's certainly not their fault at nine years old. I'm sure they got it at school or something like that. Um, But we definitely did not want to knowingly having been exposed, even though the CDC says that because I have been vaccinated and had the booster, I could have continued just wear a mask. They say I can do whatever I want, but I wanted to be very cautious for you and for our church as a whole. So Christmas Eve this morning, we're going to go live stream. Uh, There is no service this evening. I had pulled our congregation last Sunday. There was only a handful of folks who were going to be here. So we'll go ahead and let that rest. And then Wednesday night, we will see you all. Even, even if. For some bizarre reason, I popped up positive, I'm supposed to be tested tomorrow. I have done the quick tests, I come up negative, Sandra Jo comes up negative. Um, I think we're good. But even if it did pop up positive, I'll have somebody else do Wednesday night. So we will be back here on Wednesday night. All of that to say, welcome to services this morning online. And um, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. And although actually I think we're going to start with some songs first And then we're going to open up with prayer We do have with us uh, Alika and Jeremy Kelly They're going to be our praise team to sing along with John We're so grateful for those who have come to run our sound system as well Mike and Rose and Paula Jean We're grateful for our church family Who pulls in together to make things happen So we're going to turn it right over to Brother John And the Kellys
1: Angels we have heard on high sweetly sing. Till we see the light
0: Let's open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to turn it right back over to Brother John and the Kellys to lead us in a couple more Christmas songs. This is Christmas weekend. I realized yesterday was Christmas. The evening before was Christmas Eve, Uh, but really Christmas kind of stretches right through the whole weekend when it's that kind of sequence. So this morning is primarily a Christmas service. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we go into this worship. We ask that it would be you that stirs us and moves us and draws us nearer to you. Lord, we thank you for the warm and comfortable homes that our people are in. We thank you for the technology we have today where they're able to log into services and be here to worship. And I just pray that you help us to get past this little blip. And we really do lift up before you our nation and our world to get past this COVID problem uh, as now we are going into our third year dealing with this. Just pray for your wisdom and your guidance that we as a church might know how to deal with it and handle it in the most wise way. Part of the, As part of the community, as well as a church family, Lord, we want to do each thing in such a way as to protect our people, to have a good testimony in our community. And we can only depend on you, Lord, to give us that insight and wisdom. We thank you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn it right back over.
1: Now together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing, O come all ye faithful and O holy night. O, o come o. all ye faithful and, joyful
0: We have just a little bit of a slideshow we're going to show you. As you know, this year we decided to do shoebox gifts for our missionary Ken Norris, who is on the Navajo reservation down in the what they call the Four Corners region of our United States. He's actually in Page, Arizona, but that is right smack dab in the midst of the Navajo reservation so we decided this year to do um shoebox gifts for them for their you know for the their town for their community and then also we're going to go do a missions trip there this spring if everything moves forward the way that it should december 5th our church had all their shoebox gifts here we palletized that wrapped it put it in cardboard put a top on it strapped it, put it on a pallet, put it on a truck and shipped it. And the shipper sent out a notice that in Philadelphia, they had an incident. They didn't tell us what the incident was, but the pallet stayed there for six days while they tried to solve their incident. Well, when when the pallet finally made it to Page, Arizona, That is what the box looked like right there. I see it in front of me. You see it on your TV screen. And if you notice, boxes are all dumped out. It's in one huge cardboard box. Um, But you know what? Brother Ken's church, they rallied together that evening. And even more amazing, the shipper, when they got the pallet to the next shipper which was in, um, oh, I can't remember, not in Arizona. But they call, Brother Ken called him and said, hey, you know, what can I do? We're coming up on Christmas. I'm supposed to distribute these boxes on Christmas Eve. And um, they, the pallet's not here. And they said to him, yeah, no, Paige is such a remote place. We go there maybe once a week and you're not scheduled for until after Christmas and he said oh let me tell you the whole situation he explained to the lady on the phone the deal how that they needed these they had out put on the radio and on their church sign there was going to be a newspaper person there to distribute these gifts to boys and girls throughout their community and um, the girl on the phone was a Christian and she went to her boss and said if you'll let me, I will drive this pallet from where we are all the way to Page, Arizona, just so this church could have that. So can you imagine, they went ahead, they paid for her gas, she used her own truck, she drove that, that box you see in that picture, all the way to Page, Arizona, so that Brother Ken Norris's church, his Navajo church, could repackage those. So as we see, <coughs> This is the way it showed up, um, but they started, they, they teamed up together. They started laying them out, organizing them. Not all the boxes were, were spilled, um, but quite a number of them. They looked at how we had done it by gender and age, and they followed that pattern with all the mixed up stuff, and they started building the boxes back into place. Um, As you can see, they did a great job. There were 110 boxes altogether. So then they had, like I had mentioned to you, advertised that people could come on that evening and receive boxes. And so they did. People all through the community, they came to the church and got boxes for their boys and girls, little shoebox gifts. There was a Bible in every shoebox gift, along with toys, and they came right to the church, and there Brother Ken had a little gospel presentation video, signed people up for a big ham. Uh, The winner would receive a big ham, and uh, this was on their church sign, kids' Christmas gift boxes, December 22nd, uh, six through seven, that evening they distributed them. And then when they were done, and these are families who came and got gifts for their children. When they were done, they had 15 boxes left that were all teenage boxes. Now, this is very interesting. brothers. This is our missionary, Brother Ken, Um, and this young man was part of Brother Ken's church in Black Mesa, which is in a whole nother part of the reservation. He had gone to youth camp and all those things, Well, now he's a father of two children. He came to get gifts for his children, brought his children, reconnected with Ken, recommitting himself to his Christian walk, gonna bring his boys and girls to church. So we see how the Lord has used this in such a great way to touch lives. So as I mentioned to you, there were 15 boxes left. There were all teen boxes. And so Ken put a screen that projected Christmas carols on the back of a flatbed truck, a bed truck. And they went driving through the community to where the skate park was, where the teenagers were hanging out. And they started giving out shoebox gifts to teenagers in Page, Arizona. Here's some of those teenagers. Here's some more teenagers that they encountered at the wreck uh, the area that they found some teens hanging out at. And in the course of that, a lady came out, this lady right here with her, her children, she came out and she was crying. And she said to Ken, my, my father used to talk about Jesus Christ and we sang Christmas hymns. Her children came out and the mom rededicated her life to Christ. Ken led three of the kids to Christ, gave them all gifts. And <clears throat> this is that family right here. But the Lord used Ken's second effort. He could have just taken those teen boxes and um, put them to the side and gave them to somebody later on. But he went right out into the highways and the hedges and ministered to people in Page, Arizona, the Navajo Indian Reservation. This little boy here, while his dad was talking to brother ken he sat down opened his box got his little new testament out and started reading so i just wanted to encourage you that i know this morning we're not meeting together i know you're at your home but i want you to know that your church touches lives not only here but around the united states the navajo reservation missions all around the world Your church, through your efforts, your giving, your sacrifice, uh, the Lord is using you. And it's exciting to see what God did with this. We're going to turn it right back to Brother John. He has a special for us. And Brother John, we're ready.
1: Take me back to eight years old, the little church on a dead-end road, with a candle flicker in one hand and dad's hand in the other. Take me back to silent night. My heart was full and the world was right, because right now the world looks nothing like those innocent Decembers. These days, peace on earth is hard to find. And I need you to remind me one more time. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the hope of my heart. Watch the snowflakes falling down like a blanket on the town for a moment we can hardly see the pain this year has brought us may the sick find healings touch May hatreds fight be one with love and every heart make room for you the one who came to save us because you're still the of Christmas, you're still the light when the world looks dark, you're still the hope of Christmas, you're still the hope of my heart. bowed my head to pray tonight felt my family by my side they slipped their hands inside of mine
0: and we all
1: talked to you and it took me back to eight years old my daddy's hand and a story told about heaven's love in a manger low and a promise that's still true you're still the hope of christmas you're still the light when the world looks dark you're still the hope of christmas you're still the hope of my heart you're still the hope of christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark. You're still the hope of Christmas. You're still the hope of my heart.
0: that little arrangement, that electronic presentation reminds us, this is Christmas, our Christmas weekend. I am going to take you this morning to four different events that surrounded Christmas. And the interesting thing about these four events, there is one, or there are several things that are in common through all four events, but there's one thing I want you and I to focus on this morning. And that is facing fear for Christ. Because each one of these events talks about fear. And in each one of these events, we find the folks facing their fear, moving past that fear, and growing in their faith. When we started back a little over two years ago, going into the whole COVID thing, I told you our church theme was 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that theme is not just because a pandemic came, it's because of every part of our Christian walk. You know, when Brother Ken Norris and I were talking back and forth and texting back and forth, about these shoebox gifts, getting there in time for his big presentation that he had advertised. We had plenty of time. We shipped it on the 5th of December and all of a sudden he's looking at almost Christmas and it still wasn't there. And people could have sat around and wrung their hands and been afraid. And certainly I made phone calls, Ken made phone calls, Um, Brother Rick Gilbert, who helped us arrange the shipping, he made phone calls. But you know, Brother Ken kept telling me, don't worry about it, Pastor. Don't Don't worry about it, Brother Tim. The Lord's got it under control. And he's a real laid back guy anyways. And I'm thinking, boy, Ken, I don't know, we've really got to make this happen. And he just kept telling me, don't worry about it. And you know what, he was so right. We can become afraid about all kinds of things, whether it's shoebox gifts, COVID, whatever. But when we look in the Bible, we find that really we should face our fears for Christ, knowing that he will take us through. He's, he knows all the things that you and I don't. So when we look into the Christmas event, the birth of Christ, there are four specific things events surrounding that, that I want you to see with me. And we're actually going to start with Zechariah and Elizabeth, who is the aunt and uncle of Mary. And if you'll look with me to Luke chapter one, verses five down through 14, we learn so much about them, but I want you to see that fear was even part of their part. Listen to what it says. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, were walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless, and they had no children, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. So when we read this text, we're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth And the Bible specifically says to us, they were righteous people. These were good people. They were folks who were truly, genuinely, sincerely trying to live their faith. Now, were they perfect? Well, perfection can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. But they were people who were doing their best, serving the Lord at their temple. He was a priest. They had a rotation at that time where you would do different functions, plus you made your own livelihood. And uh, he had, at that time, been chosen to go in and burn the incense inside the temple. And all the people waited outside the holy place. And as he went in, all of a sudden, beside that place of incense, an angel appears unto him. And he was afraid. Now, maybe you're very different than him, Maybe you're not like Zacharias. Maybe if an angel walked up to you and started talking to you on your job, it wouldn't shake you, but it did him. Fear fell upon him. So Zechariah could have at that point gone screaming out of there. He could have told folks, there's a ghost in there, there's an angel in there, you know, whatever overwhelmed him and took over him. But that's not at all what he did. He went ahead and just listened. He laid aside his fear to see what it was that God had for him. You and I, we have to, in our lives, do the same thing, whatever it is. I don't want you to get the impression that Zechariah and Elizabeth, that that everything was perfect for them because they were good believers, faithful followers. No. In fact, verse 7 tells us, they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both now well stricken in years. She was burdened by that. He was burdened by that. Their culture, their society in that day, if you had no children, you were very much looked down upon. This would have been a heavy, heavy thing on Elizabeth's heart. So don't get the impression that these people lived a life of ease, no problems, no struggles. No, they were just like you and I. They had their issues, they had their struggles, they had their difficulties. Certainly, Zechariah could have used that as an excuse. He could have said, oh, I can't do this anymore. They've got these scary angels showing up at work. I've got problems at home. I mean, he could have gone ahead and said, that's enough of this. But that's not what he chose to do. He chose to go ahead and live his life, listen to God, overcome his fears, and let the Lord lead and guide in his life. Look what takes place in verse 13. And the angel said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. There's so much in that verse. First of all, we learn that clearly John and Elizabeth have been Praying and asking God, please, miraculously give us a child. And God says through that angel, "Your answers have been prayer. Your your prayers have been answered." And then it goes on and it says, "We want you to name him John." Now, for Zachariah and Elizabeth, as we learn farther on, when when John is born. This poses a difficulty because nobody in their family is named John. In fact, when they say, well, let's name him John, everybody says, what? Got to name him John. Nobody in our family named John. And they said, no, we're going to name him John. They had decided to face their fears, face their circumstances, do what God told them to do and thereby grow. Look at the promise God gives them in verse 14. And thou, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at John's birth, at his birth. The Lord gave them a promise. And you and I, God has given us a promise too. We have to face our fears. If we're going to experience power, love, sound mind, we have to face our fears and just go ahead and do that, which the Lord leads us to do. We have to believe that he is able That's certainly what Zechariah and Elizabeth did. They believed God and God gave them a child in old age. Not only a child, gave gave them what what the Lord Jesus Christ said John was the greatest prophet of all time. So when you look in this, surely, just as God had promised in verse 14, joy and gladness did fill their hearts and they did have rejoicing. So you and I, we can draw from that. But this is just the first of the four events that surrounded the birth of Christ that talk about fear. Let's look at Mary herself. Look over with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 down through 30. And listen to what it says. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. When you look in this text, yes, even Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, who had found such favor with the Lord. Mary, who was so faithful. Yes, she also was afraid. The Bible tells us that she was a virgin, a young woman who never laid with a man. In fact, her, her, her response to the angel saying she was gonna bear a son is, how is this possible? God let her know, well, we're gonna do a miracle here. This child is gonna be of the Holy Ghost. The triune God is gonna be at work in this and going to bring this miraculous event into your life. She was highly favored. Why? It wasn't because she was some miracle person. You know, sometimes religions take people and, and they begin to make them almost godlike. That's not Mary. Mary had all her own issues too. But she believed God and she loved God. She wanted to be used of the Lord and she was willing to listen and to lay her fears aside. You know, it's interesting when you look at verses 29 and 30, it tells us that she said within her heart, I have never heard a manner of salutation like this before. Nobody's ever come up and talked to me like this before. I've never had an angel come up and talk to me before. Neither have I, probably neither of you. But that's okay. God does strange and miraculous things. It's always amazing how the Lord works. If we will but just lay our fears aside. You know, uh, when Brother Ken told me that he had loaded a screen up on the back of a flatbed truck and gone out into Page, Arizona, on the Navajo reservation playing Christmas carols, I, I thought to myself, what would happen if in Virgin's we went ahead and put a flatbed truck with a big screen TV on it and started playing? Would they pull me over and say I violated the noise ordinance? Would people start throwing snowballs or more at us for doing? Who knows? Maybe we could see boys and girls come to Christ. I don't know. But Ken laid his spears aside and he went out into his community and he saw three teenagers receive Christ, a mom rededicate her life to Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing how the Lord takes us and uses us? And that's exactly what takes place here with Mary. She is willing to lay her side, her fears aside and to go ahead and be used of the Lord. The angel said to her in verse 30, fear, fear, not Mary for thou hast found favor with God. And you and I, you know, we can go ahead and elevate Mary up into some, some high place. And certainly I respect her and, And look up to her but she's not god we don't pray to mary in fact she's just like you and i we just have to be people who understand we have found favor with god why because we're so good no but because we have responded to the lord he is the one who's reached out to us he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He has desired to be our heavenly father and for us to be his children born into his family. So yes, if you've received Christ, you have found favor with God. We have to face our fears, lay them aside. Say, yes, Lord, use me. But Mary is not the only one. Let's look at Joseph. Go with me, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 down through 21. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 down through 21. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their their sins. When we look at this text, we're introduced to Joseph, a spouse to Mary. Mary, who is the niece of Zechariah and Elizabeth. The whole circle continues to expand, doesn't it? And yet link one to another. Here we find Joseph is a very compassionate man. He finds out, was it Mary who came to him and said, listen, I want you to know I'm going to have a child. What would have been his response? In a culture, in a society like theirs, it would have not been, in most cases, a positive response. It's not like today where people have kids out of wedlock and wait to get married. Back then, you didn't have kids out of wedlock. That just did not happen. That was that was a serious social problem. But Joseph was somebody who had such compassion in his heart for Mary. It tells us that he had compassion, he cared about her, he did not want her to be a public example. He did not want her to be shamed in her community. So he's contemplating this, he's thinking about this. What do I do about this? Maybe I can privately break the engagement Privately release ourselves from the contract of engagement, which is what it was back in those days. But then all of a sudden, an angel appears before this very compassionate and caring man. When we look at verses 20 and 21, it says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary. Now, his fear is altogether different than the previous fears we looked at. It doesn't say he's a fear, afraid of the angel. I don't know. Maybe he's commonly ch- chatting with angels. I could, Nowhere else tells us that. But he's not responding to the angel. He's not afraid of the angel. What's his fear? His fear is his neighbors, his community. Mary, her circumstance. He's afraid of... About the marriage. And in all his contemplation. All his consideration of this. He's afraid. And God sends an angel. To just let him know. Joseph don't be afraid. Because this child. That Mary is going to have. Is a child of the Holy Ghost. And God is going to work it out. Now I don't think the Lord. Brought him a user's manual. And said now listen. This is how it's all going to work out for you. This is what's gonna transpire. This is how it's gonna unfold. Here's all the lines, here's all the dots. Everything's in place. I don't think that happened. I think he just expected Joseph to accept by faith what God had planned. It's a big step. To lay aside your fear of society, where you live in a small community, where people talk and shame, We've been there. We've experienced that. Where people shame people and try to try to push people down. That's, that's humanity, especially humanity without Christ. But Joseph believes God. And he takes all his fear and he sets it aside. And he just follows the Lord. It's so amazing the way that he does that. He gave him knowledge so that he might experience power. God gave him understanding that he might experience love. And God gave him clarity of understanding that he might have a sound mind. Because Joseph needed to lay aside his fear so that he could experience 2 Timothy 1.7. All that power, love, and sound mind that him and Mary might press forward and start their lives together. Even in the midst of all that was gonna unfold, Joseph just needed to believe God. And in your life and in mine, it's no different. None of us really knows what tomorrow holds. Last week, we put into place every step to have Christmas Eve services and Christmas Sunday services, which this is right now. We decorated the building. We got out all the candles, made sure that they're all, the electric ones are working for the kids. We had enough for all the adults for a lighting real fire and uh, trusting adults could hold them without dumping wax all over the pews. That every year is a step of faith, by the way. We do all those things believing we're going to have Christmas Eve and Christmas Sunday. But you know what? The Lord had something else in mind. And I am going to fully believe that, that he knew what was best. And that's what we have to do in our lives, whatever it is. Brother John today, when services are over, he's gonna go home and pick up his family and they're driving to Indiana for a week's vacation, a Christmas vacation. But John has no idea, as he crosses Lake Champlain and ventures out into the wilderness of America, what is around the next corner. Indiana's far, far away. But you know what? He, by faith, is going to get in that car, turn that thing on, and he's going to drive off with excitement in his heart. Maybe a little aggravation with the whining and crying in the back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a different life experience for him than it was for me. But he's going to press forward, and he's going to do what the Lord has for him in his life to do for him and his family. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He had to lay aside his fears, his concerns, whatever shaming went on in the community. He had to lay all of that aside and just say, yes, Lord, I will stop worrying and, and fretting and being afraid. And I will just do what you've asked me to do. And he took Mary to be his wife. But there's a third. There's a third event that, tr- that surrounds the birth of Christ that has fear in the midst Look with me back again at the Gospel of Luke. This time we're going to go to chapter 2. We're going to look at the shepherds. Just quickly, we're going to look at their fearful experience as well. Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read to you verses 8 down through 11. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. When you look at this text, you find these shepherds, they're just going about their business. They're just doing their job. These folks are shepherds. They're not, they're not folks who have really interacted with the craziness of their world. Most of their life is pretty remote. But you know, in many ways, farmers see the hand of God maybe more than most of us. They see how the Lord brings the grass at just the right time and how it dies off to rejuvenate for the next year. They see how that God brings new life and the birth. Of livestock and then as that livestock grows how that it's gone ahead and transformed into clothing and food sustenance for their families you know farmers really have a unique opportunity to see the hand of God at work in so many different ways but that doesn't mean that they're not afraid when all of a sudden an angel shows up starts talking to him out on the job these shepherds here no doubt about it they were so or sore afraid meaning very afraid they weren't they were more afraid than zechariah more afraid than mary or joseph these guys were sore afraid but you know what they could have run they could have hid but they didn't they stood and they listened They listened to what it was the Lord had for them. It's interesting when we look, we see these angels, God's shining glory. They had never seen them before, but yet they were willing to stop and listen. Sometimes we're we're not quick to listen as Christians. Sometimes to our own shame, we tune out the preacher. We tune out the book. Sadly, sometimes we tune out the Holy Spirit. We don't take the time to listen to what it is that God has for us. But these shepherds did. The fear that they had, they laid aside so that they could hear the good tidings of the Lord Jesus Christ. This hope that God was going to bring to the whole world. This great joy of Christ's message to all people. So when we look at this text, we understand that these shepherds were people who, they took their life circumstance and put it on hold. They laid their fear aside so that they could experience the power of God, the love of God, the sound mind of God, so that they could do the work of God. They gathered up their stuff. They went to see the baby Jesus. Sometimes I wonder if we shouldn't lay aside all the craziness of the world that we live in, the times that we live in, and just sit at the feet of Jesus. These shepherds took this, and from there, they took it out. They brought the message forth that others might know. And you and I in our lives, whatever our fears are, We've got to lay them aside and just do the work. Our missionary brother, Ken, on the Navajo reservation, him and my phone calls back and forth when it was all said and done and that pallet made it the afternoon of the dispersion of stuff. No, the night before, made it late that night. Then his people went ahead and assembled all the boxes to be ready for that afternoon for them to organize as they can get it ready. Listen, he could have shut everything down. He could have have gone ahead and said, We can't, we're canceling, the thing has had an incident in Philadelphia, blah, 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 blah. No, Brother Ken just kept pressing on. That's what you and I have to do. We make adjustments in life. We take what may come, but we let the power, the love, and the sound mind of God lead us on in the midst of whatever fear you have, we just have to rest in trust and believe in our God. Let's have a word of prayer, and we will close this morning. As we close, I want to remind you that there is no service this evening. Brother John is heading out to Indiana. There were going to be a handful of folks, and I thought, you know what? Just be with your families. Let's Let's see what the Lord has Wednesday night. We'll come back together. Even if Sandy and I, by the most wild thing, popped up positive, I will have somebody else do the service. People will be here this Wednesday night. So be sure and come. Thank you so much for logging on. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed this morning. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we close out our service. I pray that you'd be with us as families in our homes and also here at the church. We lift up before you, brother John and his family as they drive to Indiana. And we lift up our community, the state of Vermont experiencing some of the highest numbers of COVID over the last little while. Brother Paul telling me the hospital is every day getting people who are positive coming in. A handful of folks already It checked in, in the hospital with COVID. Lord, I pray for our community. I pray for our nation. I pray for our world. These things that are happening, maybe they're all signs of the end times. You've certainly told us that we would see in the end times many things like this. But Lord, you've also told us that no matter what is coming down the pike, we need to faithfully lay aside our fears and serve you now. Help us, Lord. Help us to serve you in our homes, our communities, on our jobs. That you may truly be exalted. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.